Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala abdillahi wa rasulih Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Complete silence from my kids At least give me salam At least mouth the salam Okay, <laughs> Okay. Uh, alhamdulillah we're here for another kids class and inshallah, this is going to be the last kids' class before Ramadan. Uh, I'm going to be away for a while, inshallah. And also, it's nice to have a little break so we can come back bigger and better. And once all of the coronavirus restrictions are over, we can start bringing the children back to the class. Because it's so much more fun when we have lots of people in the class. And it's not fun at all when I have, like, four people in my class and one of them is a cameraman. So, it's like, yeah. So, inshallah ta'ala, we're continuing with our topic from last week. What was our topic last week? What did we do last week? Shocking, you know the answer, because you were here. Go on. The names of Allah. And we learned some of the names of Allah and what they mean. Can anyone remind me why it's important to learn about Allah's names? Why does it matter? Why is it important? And you can give any answer you want. If you know the answer, you can put your hand up. If you don't know the answer, don't worry about it. Yes. So you know Allah well. Okay, what's the effect? What's the benefit of knowing Allah? Yes. You can use it in your dua. Very good, that's one example. So if you know lots of names of Allah, you can use all those names when you make dua. So you can say, for example, Ya Rahman, Rahamni, O Most Merciful, have mercy on me. You can ask Allah, Ya Razzaq, O Zuqni, O the one who gives to everybody, provides for everyone, provide for me, and so on. Hmm. Going to Jannah. Oh, what's the hadith? If you give me the hadith, I will say to you, well done. What's the hadith? Allah has. How many names? Okay, but how many in the hadith? In the hadith, 99 names. 100 minus 1 is 99. Whoever learns them. Dakhal al-Jannah, we'll go to Jannah. Allah has 99 names. 100 minus 1. Whoever learns them will go to, will enter Jannah, will go to Jannah. But does that mean Allah has only 99 names? No. Allah has more than 99 names, but He has 99 special names. If you learn those names and you practice them in your life, and this is what I wanted your answer, but you gave, I mean, you gave me dua, you gave me the hadith, which you did really well. But what I really wanted is, you've got to put those names into practice in your life. So for example, if I say that Allah is Al-Basir, Allah sees everything that you do. Even the black ant on a black rock in the middle of the night, in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees the footsteps that that ant makes on the rock. What does that change in your life? How does that make you feel about how you are? You're not the ant, but I mean, how do you, how do you feel? Makes you more careful, why? Because you're being watched. You're being watched. 
even when you close your door, you lock your door, you switch off your light, you go under the covers to read a book. Not that anyone does that in my family, but anyway. And you put your book light on and you open it and no one can see you, but Allah can see you. So everything you do, even if your mom and dad are not watching and you do something secretly, in secret, but still Allah can, Allah can see you, right? So that's how it changes you. Every one of these names changes you. It changes you. So we talked, the last name I think we talked about last week was Ar-Razzaq, the one who always provides. Allah is always providing. I want you to tell me, how does that change your life? How does that change you? If you know Allah is the one who gives you your money, your food, your happiness, your iman, all of it comes from Allah. How does that change your life? How does that change you? How do you feel? Brahman, you can answer as well. Go on. To be careful for what you get. Okay, okay. Only ask Allah for it. Don't, don't go and ask it from anybody else because you know only Allah. If you want something nice in your life, if you want a, something new, something nice, and you, you know, I don't know, like I don't want to say toy or whatever it is that you want, that you dream of or you, you dream to have, if you ask it from Allah, Allah will give it to you. What else? Nothing's the end of the world because Allah can give it to you. That's really good. So like even if you lost all your money and or let's just say for example your mom and dad lost their job so they don't have a job anymore. But it's not the end of the world. Like the, the world didn't end. You don't need to be upset because Allah will give them. Allah will provide for them. Very good. Would you also say that it stops you from earning haram money because you know that Allah is the one who gives it to you? So you know there's no, that if you go and get it from the haram, it's not going to be good, it's not going to be, Allah's not going to put barakah in it, there's not going to be anything good in it. Does that make sense? Okay, what's our next name? Al-Ahad. Al-Wahid and Al-Ahad. Al-Wahid and Al-Ahad are two names of Allah, and I've got a question for you. And this is a question I don't want you to shout up. You have to put your hand if you know it. In which surah does Allah's name, Ahad, does this come? Do you have any idea? No problem. Do you know? Yeah. Does Allah's name, Ahad, which one does it come in? Surah Al-Baqarah Surah Yusuf Surah Ikhlas Qul huwa Allahu Ahad So Allah's name is Al-Ahad And Al-Ahad and Al-Wahid are both numbers They're both basic, the meaning is a number So what number is it? What number is connected to Allah? One, very good, one. So Al-Wahid and Al-Ahad both mean one. Because Allah is only one. Allah is not three. Who said that Allah is three? 
which is really famous religion who said that Allah is three? Non-Muslim. Yeah, which non-Muslim? Which 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 ones? Um, Which, let's see, let's see, do you know? Christians. The Christians, they said, Allah is three. Three. They sometimes, and why I'm saying this, I'm not saying it to give them, make them famous. I'm saying it because a lot of our Muslim kids go to Catholic schools, at least in this area. And they hear all the time, and they maybe don't realize what the people are saying when they say the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They mean that Allah is three. And Allah is not three. Allah is ahad, wahid, one. Qul huwallahu ahad. This surah, qul huwallahu ahad. Do you remember what the reason was, Mike is who were in my tafsir classes and stuff. Do you remember what the reason was for this surah? Why did this surah, why did Allah send down this surah to the Prophet What was it? He was asked a question. They asked him a question, and Allah gave him the answer, Qul Allahu Ahad. What was the question he was asked? Sorry? Uh, I mean... They said, describe your Lord to us. Describe Allah to us. Who is Allah anyway? Like they said to him, who is Allah? Describe your, tell us, who, tell us about Allah. Who is Allah? Allahu ahad. Allah is only one. Allah is not three. And there are some religions don't even believe in three. There are some religions they believe in thousands and thousands of gods. And hundreds of thousands of gods. And we've already talked a lot about in the kids' class about how silly that is to believe in more than one God. For us as Muslims, one God. That's the truth. There's no two gods. There is no three gods. There is no hundreds or thousands. It's just wahid. Al-wahid. Al-ahad. And also one of the meanings of al-ahad is unique. What does it mean? That Allah is unique. Like no one else. Excellent. That's one of the meanings of Al-Ahad. That Allah isn't like anyone else. There's nobody like Allah. There's no one like Allah. There's nobody like Allah. So when people say, for example, you know, people say like that, that God is like a man, or they, like, they draw pictures, or they believe that he came to the earth and walked on the earth. All of this is wrong. Why? Because Allah is ahad, unique. Allah is not like anything like his creation. Allah is nothing like his creation. And Allah is wahid, only one. Only one. He doesn't have a son. He doesn't have a daughter. He doesn't have parents. He's the first, nobody came before him, and the last, and nobody will be after him. And he is Al-Wahid. Sometimes the name Al-Wahid, I want you to tell me, what does the name Al-Wahid do in your life then? How does it change you as a Muslim, the name Al-Wahid? And it's a bit difficult, this one. But if I tell you that 
if you think about how Allah uses this name in the Quran, do you think he uses it to give you hope or to scare you? You said to give you hope. To scare you. Yeah, usually in, this, in the Quran, this name is used in a scary way. لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ Who does the dominion belong to today? Like, who does everything belong to today? To Allah, Al-Wahid, the only one, Al-Qahar, the one who controls everything and everything does what Allah tells it to do. Yeah? So it gives you this, there's no escape. Like that's one of the, the things you can take from Al-Wahid. You can't go, there's no one else can help you. There's no one else can answer your dua. There's no one else you can turn to. But it could also give you hope as well. Because you know that if you turn to Allah, Allah is the only one that can help you. And we're going to learn more of the names of Allah, like Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, that make you feel hopeful, yeah? So we've got Al-Wahid, the only one. Al-Ahad, the one, the unique. There's nobody like him. Okay, what do we have after that? As-Samad. As-Samad. As-Samad, which, which surah does that name come in? You this time. Why? Because this is surah, the first surah you learned, maybe. <laughs> Go on. Surah Ikhlas. Qul huwa Allahu ahad. Allahu samad. Oh, okay. As-Samad. Allah is as-Samad. Allahu samad. Allah is As-Samad. As-Samad, it has some different meanings. But one of the meanings of As-Samad, As-Samad is really difficult to, it's a difficult word to explain. But there's two meanings that I want to tell you about. One is that Allah doesn't need anything from anyone. And everybody needs Allah. Allah doesn't need anything from anybody. Allah doesn't need you to be Muslim. So is it okay if you don't be Muslim then? No. Why? Who get who will get hurt if you don't be a Muslim? You will. <laughs> yeah? Not Allah. It doesn't hurt Allah, it will hurt you. Yeah? It's for your benefit that you you're a Muslim. It doesn't benefit Allah. It doesn't hurt Allah because Allah doesn't need anybody. Allah doesn't need anyone. Allah doesn't need anyone to do what He does. Allah doesn't need anyone to help Him. Allah doesn't need the angels. Allah doesn't need the prophets. Allah doesn't need the Muslims. He doesn't need them. They may be good, good people. The angels are good. The prophets are good. Good Muslims. They're good people. But Allah doesn't need them. Allah doesn't need them. But all of them need Allah. The angels need Allah. The prophets need Allah, the Muslims need Allah, the non-Muslims need Allah, but they just don't realize they need Allah, but they, they also need Allah. What do you need Allah for? Everything. Give me some examples. For wealth, okay, for Allah to give you money, for Allah to give you food and clothing, and okay, risk, okay, good. Sorry? 
to live, to stay alive, to breathe, for your heart to beat. You know Ibn Qayyim, who's a scholar of Islam, do you know what he said? He said, you need Allah more than you need air to breathe. You can survive without air. In fact, you can hold your breath for about a good few minutes. Don't try it, but you can hold your breath for a couple of minutes, maybe four, four minutes even if you practice. But you can't live without Allah for four minutes. You need Allah more than you need air and water and food. You need Allah more than that. And Allah doesn't need you at all. When you know that Allah doesn't need you, what does it make you feel like? How do you feel? In a good way. I don't mean in a bad way. Like in a good way, how do you feel? There's a good word for it. You know this word very well. You, this word you know extremely well. Makes you feel humble. Yeah? Doesn't it? Like when you know that Allah doesn't need you, He doesn't need you, He doesn't need you, it makes you feel humble that, okay, you know, I'm not this big person, I'm not this, you know, special person. That Allah needs me and that if I don't, if I'm not here, who, you know, sometimes people say like, oh, you know, if, if you're not here, who's going to teach your people? Who's going to say, who's going to lead the prayers? Allah doesn't need me for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring somebody else. If I turn away from Allah, Allah will replace me in the blink of an eye. So I, it makes you feel humble because you realize that Allah doesn't need you for anything. You say, oh, if I wasn't here, what would my kids do? What would my family do? Allah will take care of them. Allah doesn't need you and you to be here. So it makes you feel humble, right? It makes you feel like, okay, you know, I should realize, I'm, I should realize how blessed I am. I should be grateful to Allah for what he's given me because he doesn't need me. But then what, on the other side, when you need Allah, how do you feel? What do you think? Have any idea if you think if someone says to you, you need Allah more than you need the air that you breathe? How do you feel about that? What does it make you want to do? Go on. Okay, it could make you scared because he doesn't have to give you, but he gives you out of his blessings. Okay. If 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 you if someone says to you that Allah doesn't need you, but you need Allah, you really need Allah. How, what does it make you do in your life? Believe in him and ask him. Always ask him for things. Because you know that, you know that, you need everything from Allah. You know, it's no good saying, I study hard for my exam and I'll pass. No. You study hard for your exam and you ask Allah and then you'll pass, inshallah. But not that you study hard for your exam on your own and you're gonna, you heard the story of uh, Qarun. Did I tell you the story of Qarun? In the last class. In the last class. He was from the people of Musa. So he was, he was among the people of Musa. From Bani Israel. The people, same people as Musa, right? Except that he was horrible to them. He was horrible to them. And he took a job with Fir'aun. So can you imagine that? He started, he worked with Fir'aun until he became Fir'aun's 
what? Finance minister, يعني in charge of Fir'aun's money. وَإِنَّمَا فَاتِحَهُ أَتَنُوءُ That he used to have keys that were so heavy that a group of men couldn't carry the keys to his wealth. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we took, like in the masjid here, 10 strong men, 10, you know, go to the gym, 10 strong men, and they couldn't lift the keys to his money. That's how much money he had. When they asked him about where that money came from, what did he say? He said, إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيْتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي I got this money from my own cleverness. He didn't say, I got it from Allah. He said, I got it from my own cleverness. I became, I, I got, I was clever and I was knowledgeable and I got this money from that. And what happened to him in the end? He caused the earth to open up and swallow him and his money. And that money never came back, you know that. It was never found. Like the, all that money that he had, it was never recovered or dug out of the ground. Allah caused the ground to swallow him up and swallow all of his money up. What do you think the people said when they saw him when he had money and he was really rich? They wanted to be like him, right? They said, we wish that we could have what Harun had. And when the earth swallowed him up, what do you think they said? <laughs> they realized that. They realized that. That we should not have said that. They said, if it wasn't for Allah, Allah would have swallowed us up with the earth. But Allah saved us. Good. So that's an example of somebody who thinks that they don't need Allah. He thought he didn't need Allah. Then Allah caused the earth to swallow him up. Okay. The second meaning of a samat is a meaning like a sayyid, the master. What do you think that means, the master? The one in charge. Good. I like that. That's a really good... That's a really good explanation. The one in charge of everything. The one in control, maybe, of everything. What else do you think? The master of everything. Very good. Like the king of everything. Very good. All of those are true. So all of those are meanings of As-Samad. The name of Allah, As-Samad. Okay, so we had Al-Ahad, Al-Wahid, As-Samad. What's our next name? Al-Hadi. Al-Hadi. Ah, this is a beautiful name. They're all beautiful names. That's why they call Asma al-Husna. They are Allah's beautiful names. But this name is really beautiful. Al-Hadi. What's Hidayah? Do you know what Hidayah is? Now that's Hadiyah. Very good. Nearly close. That's Hadiyah. A, a gift is Hadiyah. Hidayah. Hidayah is a Hadiyah as well. It's a gift from Allah. Means guidance. So Al Hadi is the one who guides you. Like we say, Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim. Guide us to the straight path. So Al Hadi is the one who guides us. Al Hadi is the one who guides us. Okay. 
there are two types of guidance. And I already mentioned this in Surah Al-Fatiha, so you see if you remember. That we said there are two types of guidance. One is that you, saw, you get shown the way, to show what, which way is right and which way is wrong. And the other one is having the success to actually follow it. So I give an example. Anyone can show you the way, right? Like anybody could say to you, this is the way. For example, you, you came to me today and you said to me, how do you get to our house? And I said, look, it's easy. Just go down the road, take a left, go down to the end of the motorway. Then when you reach the motorway, you take a right and take the second exit after that. Then you go to the roundabout, then just go up the hill and then it's there. Yeah? I can tell you how to get there. But how do you actually get there successfully? Like actually reach your destination? Only with the help of Allah. No, I mean, you have your car, but you think, oh, was it the second right or the second left? Oh, was I supposed to go here? Was it here we were supposed to go? Do you see what I mean? That's what I mean by the two types of guidance. In one way, guidance means showing you which way to, to go. And in one way, guidance is to actually take you there and actually bring you to that place that you're going for. So both of these guidance comes from Allah. Allah tells you which way to go. What do we mean Allah tells you which way to go? We're not talking about GPS. What does Allah tell you which way to go? The straight path. Tells you how to get to Jannah. And Allah helps you to do the things to actually get there and be successful and actually reach Jannah and get there in the end. Does that make sense? So Allah tells you the way to get to Jannah and Allah takes you there to Jannah. But it's not just about Jannah. Actually, the guidance of Allah starts with just the guidance in your in your life, basic things, like even the animals, they know what food to eat and what food not to eat. They know what is dangerous for them. Could you imagine, for example, if let's say a deer didn't know what was dangerous for it? Like it doesn't know to run away. It doesn't know to like that a person is, is going to hunt it and there's a person there with a gun or with an arrow, a bow and arrow and they're going to shoot it and it doesn't know to run away. Allah gave even guidance to the animals, what food to eat, how to treat the young animals, how to live, how to survive, what is dangerous for them. Allah gave them that guidance. And Allah gave us, like human beings, basic guidance, right? So Allah gave us guidance about, you know, how to be, how to, how to just live, how to just be people. But that's not special guidance, right? That's for everybody. Allah gave it to Muslims, non-Muslims, even the animals got that guidance. But what is the guidance that is only for the Muslims? Yeah, the guidance of Islam, right? Islam and Iman. Is there any way to get to Jannah without Islam? The only religion in Allah's sight is Islam. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Whoever wants something other than Islam, they don't want Islam. They want something apart from Islam as their religion, it will never be accepted from them. And in the hereafter, they will be from the losers. Yes, Habib. No, there are animals in Jannah. 
But they're not the animals of this world. The animals of this world will be turned to dust. So on the day of judgment, they will come on the day of judgment. Because even the animals who hurt each other will get justice on the day of judgment. Can you imagine that? Even the sheep that hit its head against the other sheep, the other sheep will come to Allah and say, Oh Allah, this sheep hit me on the head. Wallah, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. And Allah will make it fair. Allah will make justice even between the sheep that hit, hit the other sheep on the head. Yeah, Allah will. That's, and that should make you scared. Because if Allah will even take that justice from, even from the animals, how about us? Allah, everything you did wrong to your brother, your sister, to your mom, your dad, to your... Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I had to do that. I just... I just your brother, your sister. Anyway, that... Anything you did wrong, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna knows about it and is gonna ask you about it, Yom Qiyam. So the special guidance this for I think we're on special guidance, this for the believers. That's the guidance of the guidance of Islam, the guidance of Islam and Iman, and that guidance is only for the believers, and that's special, right? So it makes you feel special. When you know that Allah is Al-Hadi, the one who guides you, how does it make you act? How does it make you feel? He knows what you're doing. He knows what... You, you work hard? Yeah, you work hard to get his guidance. Okay, good. I like that. It's a very good answer. Ask for it and be grateful for it. Very good. Ask Allah to guide you and be grateful that Allah guided you. Because when you look outside today, where we are here, and I think in most countries, generally speaking, unless you live in Medina or something like that, if you're looking outside the window, you're going to see people who are people who are not Muslim, who Allah hasn't given that special guidance to. Can people guide other people? Kind of. Okay, kind of. Not in the special guidance. So people, no, that's not quite true. People can guide other people in showing them the way. But actually having the success to get it and, and being successful, that's only from Allah. So success is only from Allah, but people can show you the way. And that's why in the Quran, Allah said to the Prophet ﷺ that he is a guide. And then he said to him, He's not a guide. Then you don't guide. He said, uh, You don't guide the one that you love. Allah guides who he wants. And Allah described him as, You are the guide of the people who believe. So what does one and the other? One of them means you show them the right way. And the other one means that you actually they actually become Muslim and, sh and accept your guidance and follow your guidance, that's in the hands of Allah. Right? Does that make sense? Okay, what do we have now? Al-Wahhab. So we did today Al-Ahad, Al-Wahid, Samad, Al-Hadi, Al-Wahhab, and then got Al-Fatah, right? Okay. Let's just go in the order that's in my book, that's why. So we've got Al-Wahhab. 
This is a beautiful name. All the names of Allah are beautiful. That's why they're called Al-Asma' Al-Husna, the beautiful names. Do you have something you wanted to ask? You know how much you whisper, but this microphone is super sensitive, you know that. So you may as well just say it out loud. Go on, Karen, whisper. Yes, people can show you the way to Islam. But if you will accept it or not, that's only in the hands of Allah. Like I can say to you, Islam is beautiful, Islam is the only religion, Islam is the best religion, you should follow Islam. But will you actually accept it and follow it? That's only from Allah. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Al-Wahhab, the one who's always giving, continuously giving. Yeah? Because you said, we said al-Hadiyya uh, is a gift. Al-Hiba is another name for a gift. You might know it's a name. Sometimes girls have the name Hiba. Yeah? Hiba means a gift. And al-Wahhab is the one who gives. But not just, he doesn't just give. He constantly gives because Wahib means the one who gives. But Wahhab means always giving. Uthman, which uh, surah? Which surah? Surah You are definitely Al Wahhab, the one who's always giving. So tell me a little bit about this. If someone said to you, explain to me, how is Allah always giving? No, I'll ask you first. You put your hand up. Okay, no problem. Don't worry about it. If you have another answer... Think, listen, listen to this answer and then see if you've got another answer for it. It's okay. Mercy. Okay, yeah, that comes in the surah. Give us mercy. Allah gives you mercy. Okay, again, I want to talk about uh, generally and specially. So generally, Allah, generally, Allah uh, gives everyone everything. Everything you own, Allah gave it to you, right? Everything came from Allah. Who does this earth belong to? Yeah, it doesn't belong to Queen Elizabeth II, I tell you that now. Yeah, it belongs to Allah. Yeah, it belongs to the whole universe, belongs to Allah. So when any king or queen or whatever owns something, where did they get it from? Allah, who made them into that place, position? Allah, who is it who gave them all the money they have? Allah, Allah is always giving. That's generally to everybody. Even the animals, Allah is always giving. Like look at the example of the bird, the Prophet he said, If you really trusted in Allah as he deserves to be trusted in, 
He would provide you like he provides for the bird. He said the bird leaves the nest with an empty stomach and comes back with a full stomach. That full stomach of worms, who gave it to the bird? It was a full stomach of worms. That's what the birds eat. Full stomach of worms. Yeah, what if it was fish? It, well, it could have been fish. It could have been that kind of bird that eats fish. Let's say fish. We like fish. Okay, that full beak of fish. Yeah? Who gave it to them? Allah. Allah created those fish. Allah made it come to the place where the bird was dipping his beak into the sea and eating the fish. Allah gave it to them. Those Allah gave to everybody. I mean, Allah gives it to the believer, the disbeliever. But Allah gives some people more than others, right? That's up to Allah. Because if Allah is giving out gifts... You don't have to give it, you know, the same for everybody. Allah gives it because He knows who is it best for. That's the best way to say it. He knows who is it best for. He knows that this is best for you and this is best for you. And this is best for you and this is best for you. And you might think something is good for you, but it's actually not good for you. Allah knows exactly what's good for you. But then there is the special gift. What's the special gift that Allah gives you? Okay, what do we call it? Allah gave a special gift of Islam and Iman, yeah? A special gift of Iman. Special gift, he made you a Muslim and he gave you Iman. Right now, I want to ask you a question. How can you say that Iman is a gift? How can you say Islam is a gift? Can you not, like, do you not say that, you know, a person... They studied, they found out Islam is the truth, or their parents told them, they became Muslim, they practiced Islam. How is Islam a gift? Explain to me, how is Islam a gift? Because the second guidance that only comes from Allah, okay? Explain, success only comes from Allah, good. Allah said, Allah described Islam as a gift. Allah said in Surah Al-Hujurat, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانِ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْعِسْيَانِ أُولَائِكَ هُمُ الرَّاشِدُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَنِعْمَ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ It's a gift from Allah. فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَنِعْمَ Allah made you love Iman. He made it beautiful to you. He made you hate disbelief. He made you hate disobeying Allah. He made you hate being really disobedient. Those are the rightly guided people as a grace from Allah and a favor. It's a gift from Allah. Wallahu alimun hakim. There's one simple answer I want. You don't deserve to be a Muslim. I don't deserve to be a Muslim. We don't deserve to be Muslims. Islam is a gift from Allah. It's not something you deserve. Have you worked so hard that you deserve it? No, you haven't. Okay, if you said to me, I have worked hard. You don't know me. I worked so hard to be a Muslim. How did you work hard? Because Allah helped you. Okay, so then it's still a gift. You still haven't done enough. Okay, thank Allah for helping you. And when you thank Allah, how did you help? How did you thank Allah? With Allah's help, thank Him again for the help that He gave you. And then how are you going to thank Allah? For His help. Okay, Allah gave you eyesight. What have you done to repay back the eyesight that Allah gave you? What have you done to repay back the ears that Allah gave you? 
What have you done to repay back the tongue? What have you done to repay back all of the joints in your body? You can't do enough. You can't do enough to deserve Islam. Islam is a gift. Allah gave it to you like a gift. Like, I'm not saying Allah gave it to you without justice. No, Allah fairly, you know, Allah looked at who is grateful and so on. But don't ever think you've done enough that you deserve Islam. Why, why I say that is that a lot of people, they don't want to become Muslim after a while or they say, I don't want to be a Muslim. They don't like, don't ever think that Islam is this guarantee that you've got that I'm going to have it for my whole life and it will never go away from me. You have to hold on to it. It's a precious gift. If somebody gave you a bar of gold or like a gold, like a bar of chocolate, no, a bar of chocolate, you'd eat it. But something precious, like an expensive, like for the girls, expensive diamond ring or something like that. Uh, like somebody gave you something valuable. At the end of the day, you're going to look after it. You're going to keep it safe because it's precious. Islam is a precious gift. Allah gave it to you and you have to keep it safe. You have to look after your Islam. And you have to be grateful. Like for example, if someone just came up to you and said, you know what it is today? I just want to give you a thousand pounds. I'm only pretending. Don't come back and say, Dad, you owe me a thousand pounds. I'm going to give you a thousand pounds. Take it. You say, what have I done? I said, no, you haven't done anything really. I mean, you've been good as usual, but you know, like I just wanted to just give it to you. That's what Islam is like. Allah knows that you are grateful. Allah knows you're trying your best. Allah knows that you're doing what you can to be good Muslim, right? But at the end of the day, it's still a gift from Allah. He gave you more than you deserve. Because to be honest, he could have just said, I gave you your eyesight, that's enough. What do you want Islam for? I gave you eyesight, I gave you your ears, I gave you life on earth. I gave you all of the money you have. Why, why do you want Islam for? You haven't done enough. But Allah gave you the gift of Islam. Allah gave you the gift of Islam. It's a really beautiful thing. Okay. Al-Fattah. Hmm. This has two meanings I want to talk to you about. Al-Fattah. What is the word? If I say iftah, what does it mean? Open, yeah? So the word Fattah is the one who's always opening things up. Opening, opening up things. That's just literally. I don't mean that's the meaning of the name. I just want you to understand the language, yeah? So if we say iftah means open, yeah? Iftah al-bab, open the door. So al-fattah, like it means to open something. But it can also mean something else. Similar. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ What's al-fattah here? When the help of Allah comes and the... No, it is a door opening. You're right, but it's not the meaning of the surah. But it's, you're right, it is like a door opening. What's the fact? It means the conquest. What's a conquest? Where you conquer your enemies. Yeah, that like Fath Makkah, where the Prophet he was kicked out from Makkah and he went to Medina. And when he came back and he took back Makkah again, that was called Al Fatih. Okay. So going back to this name of Allah, then what do you think this name means? I want to ask you first of all when you said open doors. Can you explain to me what does it mean? Open doors to Islam, okay? Allah opens 
When it feels like the door is closed, it feels like there's no way out, Allah opens you a way out. Does that make sense? That's one of the meanings. That when you feel like there is no way out, Allah opens a way out for you. You feel like you're stuck. Like I feel stuck, there's no chance for me. Maybe I'm struggling, I feel upset, I feel down. I feel like there's no way I'm gonna get out of this. But Allah is gonna make a way out for you. Allah is gonna make a fatah for you. Allah opens the doors for you. When you feel like something's really difficult, you're struggling, maybe you've got a question in your school and you just can't understand the answer. You can ask Allah, Ya Fattah. Ya Fattah. Open up my mind to understand the answer. And Allah opens up your mind and you understand the answer. Because Allah is Al Fattah. What about when the meaning is conquest or victory? Then what can we say? Allah sends victory. Allah sends victory. Always the Muslims are going to win in the end. Don't ever think the Muslims will lose. The Muslims never going to lose in the end. Yes, there's like the Muslims, sometimes they're suffering. Sometimes they have bad, some countries where the Muslims are not having a, you know, they're not being treated well. Some countries where Muslims are suffering. But in the end, it is Islam that's going to win. Because Allah is Al-Fattah. And one of the meanings of Al-Fattah is that Allah separates between you and between other people. رَبَّنَ افْتَحْ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَ قَوْمِنَا فَتْحَ O Allah, separate between us and between those people who don't believe in you. So Allah makes you special, right? Allah makes you distinct. Allah makes you different from the other people. Are you different? Are Muslims different from other people? Are we not all human beings? We're still human beings, but we're still different. Wallah, so true. We are human beings, but we're different from them. We're not like those people who don't believe in Islam. We are different. We are very, very different. We have completely different. Us and them, we are different people. Because Allah is Al-Fattah and Allah separated between us and between them. Does that all make sense? Okay, we'll do a couple more names and then I think we'll take some questions and then we'll finish up. Because we don't want to go too long and everybody gets bored. Al-Sami' Al-Basir, Al-Ali, Al-Khabir, Al-Latif Al-Khabir. Okay, so we'll do, the th we'll do three. Al-Sami' Al-Basir, Al-Ali, Al-Sami' The one who hears everything. First of all, I want to tell you a story. And this story is related to the surah that I know Aisha is, is mashallah. قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِعٌ بَصِيرٌ Okay. قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا Story. This ayah was revealed about a lady. She came to the Prophet ﷺ to complain. Do you know what she was coming to complain about? 
قد سمع الله قول التي تجادلك في زوجها her husband she came to complain about her husband to the Prophet do you know how small the Prophet's house used to be Aisha's house when he used to pray when he used to pray he used to have to move Aisha's feet out of the way because there wasn't space for him to pray and for Aisha to have her her feet when she was sleeping so when he was praying at night he used to move her feet because there wasn't space this lady she came to Aisha's house she came to Aisha's house she went inside and she spoke to the Prophet so quietly that Aisha said, I couldn't understand what she said. I couldn't hear what she said. And then Allah said, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوْرَكُمَا Allah has certainly heard the speech of the woman who came to complain about her husband and she complains to Allah and Allah has heard your conversation. It was so quiet, Aisha couldn't hear. And Aisha was so close that the house is small, right? The house is only big enough for a person to pray. It's very small. And she couldn't hear what the lady said. And the Prophet ﷺ was next to the lady. He heard what he was speaking to her. And Allah heard what she said. And Aisha said, Subhanallahi Balagha Sam'ahul Aswat. She said, All praise is to the one whose hearing reaches everything, every voice. Now, there's another thing about Allah hearing everything that I want to tell you about. You imagine all the different languages in the world. I don't want to say how many languages in the world, but hundreds of languages in the world, right? Hundreds of different languages in the world. All those different languages. All those people asking Allah at the same time. Millions of people all over the world asking Allah at the same time in all these different languages. And Allah never mixes up who said what or who asked what or what that person said. Can you imagine if just four of you started talking to me all at the same time? I could not, even two of you, I could not listen to you both. Three of you, definitely not. Four of you talking to me at the same time, no way I can listen and remember who said what. Become confused. No, no, you cannot. Not if they're talking different. Not if they're doing the same. I'm saying they're all saying something different. And now they're all speaking different languages. You cannot. Any four people, five people, six people. Now there's millions of people, billions of people all over the world. These billions of people, all of them speaking different languages, all of them saying different things, all of them talking at the same time, all of them saying different things, and Allah hears every single one of them, and He understands all of them, and He never mixes up one and the other. Okay, how is that going to affect you in your life? Yeah, you can't hide your secrets from Allah. Very good. Very good. Think about what you say. Think about the sounds that come out of your mouth. Because what you say, Allah hears it. Like when you're with your brother and your sister, <laughs> and you know, one of you says to the other one, 
a naughty word and your mum and dad don't hear it, but Allah hears it. Allah hears it. And Allah will ask you about it. Yom Al-Qiyam. Al-Basir. Allah sees everything. Now, if you just imagine, I'm sitting in a room. It's about, it's about 25 meters long. It's about 10 meters. I can't see everything in this room at once. I can't see everything in this room at one time. I definitely, if I look at you, I can't see what he's doing. Except I just see him moving there, okay, there. Now I've lost what he's doing over there. No, I can't see. If I look over there, I can't see what's over there. Allah sees everything in the universe all at the same time, at every level, whether it's close or far away, whether it's like the highest angels or right deep down inside the earth. Allah sees all of it at the same time and never mixes up anything that he sees. He even sees the tiniest crumb. He even sees the tiniest, you know, we talk about atoms, like the tiniest like things that everything is made up of. Allah sees them. Com the most intelligent computer or the most powerful <coughs> the most powerful computer in the whole world struggles to keep track of let's say for example if you just looked at like just uh, something simple like uh, for example let's just look at one person's brain there's no computer in the world that can keep track of everything that's going on in one person's brain like simulate one person's brain. Just one person. Now, in the earth there's so many billions of, you know, two, three, I don't know, three billion, four, four billion, whatever there is. There's a few billion people in the world. And all of the insects and the animals and all of the things that are going on and the universe and the stars and the atoms and everything that's moving around and Allah sees everything. Allah even sees what's deep inside of you. Allah even sees what's deep inside of the earth. Allah even sees, it doesn't matter whether it's darkness, it doesn't matter whether it's daytime, it doesn't matter whether it's the heart of the sun or whether it's the depths of the earth, Allah sees all of it. And that we spoke about how it changes you. You, feel, you care for what you do and don't ever feel like you're in secret, what you're doing is secret because it's not secret from Allah. Secret from maybe from your mom and dad. Yeah? But it's not secret from Allah. Al Alim. Allah knows everything. Right. What does Allah know? Explain to me. Like, I don't mean, don't start listing like everything. Give me, like, explain it to me. How does Allah know everything? Right, so what you told me about is the present. Allah knows everything that everyone, everything that everything is doing. And everything that everything has done. And Allah knows the past. Everything that has ever been done, Allah knows everything about it. Everything is going to and everything that is going to happen, Allah knows about it. So Allah knows everything about the past, and everything about the present, and everything about the future.
Allah knows what is hidden and what is open. Like what is hidden, like the secrets in your heart, Allah knows them. The things you do openly, Allah knows them. Everything that ever happened in the past, Allah knows it. Everything that will ever happen in the future, Allah knows it. More than that, we missed one. Everything that will never happen, Allah knows what it would be like if it happened. Give you, I'll give you an example. What would happen if there was another God with Allah? Can there be another God with Allah? Impossible, right? Can never be. Never. But Allah tells us in the Quran what would happen if there was. So Allah tells us uh, the earth and the heavens would be corrupted and everything would go wrong in the heavens and the earth. Allah said, They would try to fight against each other. Yeah? Every God would take what they created and they would fight to, to overcome. Allah said, They would all try to get close to Allah. No, like that. If there was a, any other God with Allah, they would they would just only try to get to Allah because nobody in reality there's, that's how subhanAllah look how Allah even knows the impossible so Allah knows everything in the past everything in the present everything in the future and everything that's never going to happen Allah knows all of it and everything that happened before Allah knows it wherever it was all of the things happening at the same time I'm not talking about generally some people say like generally, like, oh, you know, like Allah knows this, this empire and this finished and this king and that. No, I mean, even down to the movement of the blood in your veins, even down to the little signals in your brain, even down to the little thoughts that you had, every single thing that has ever happened, Allah knows it and Allah knows what is going to happen no matter what it is, where it is, Allah knows it. And that has a benefit for you as well. Which is that Allah will always help you with what He knows is good for you. Even if it's difficult. Because He knows you better than you know yourself. Allah knows you better than you know yourself. So sometimes it's not always, you know, you sometimes think that, Oh, I really want this, I really want this, I really want this. But Allah knows it's not good for you. So that's something which is important as well to think. Okay, last question then. What does this name Al-Alim, what does it do for you in your life? How does it change you in your life? Go on. Careful what you do because you know that Allah knows everything. And what you plan to do because Allah knows what you're planning. It means you know that Allah knows your future. Excellent. Allah knows your future. So you, have, you need Allah's help to have a good future, right? So that's good. It makes you ask for forgiveness because you know he knows what you did in the past. Very good. It makes you ask for what is good for you because you know that Allah knows what is good for you. And it also, like we said, it makes you confident that Allah can help. Allah can help you. Because Allah knows every way out, every chance you have to get out of it, what the problem you have or what difficulty you have, Allah knows how you can get out of it and Allah knows how to, how to help.
Okay, very good. So we finished how many names? Can we get the names from the beginning? Wait, wait, wait. Allah, Al-Ilah, Al-Rabb, Al-Rahman, Al-Rahim, Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum, Al-Khaliq, Al-Khalaq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir, Al-Malik, Al-Malik, Al-Razzaq, Al-Ahad, Al-Wahid, Al-Samad, Al-Hadi, Al-Wahhab, Al-Fattah, Al-Sami' Al-Basir, Al-Alim. That's what we did. How many did we do? 23. Start again. Allah, Al-Ilah, Al-Rabb, Al-Rahman, Al-Rahim, Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum, Al-Khaliq, Al-Khalaq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir, Al-Malik, Al-Malik, Al-Razzaq, Al-Ahad, Al-Wahid, Al-Samad, Al-Hadi, Al-Wahhab, Al-Fattah, Al-Sami' Al-Basir, Al-Ali. 23. You got it right first time. Well done. Congratulations. You got Ahsan. 23 names we did so far. So we still have quite a way to go, but we can't just do names all the time, every lesson. So we're going to, inshallah, take a break. So this is the last kids' class now until Ramadan. I'm planning in Ramadan maybe to do a special kids' class. And I wanted to do bring all the kids who came to my class and do boys versus girls. Quiz. With prizes and sweets and stuff. Yeah. So I'm thinking of trying to do it in Ramadan. It may have to be just after Eid if it doesn't, if we can't manage with the timings for Ramadan. Um, but if we can manage the timings for Ramadan and we can do a kids' class special in Ramadan, we might do a special kids' class in Ramadan. Or we might just do some stories of the prophets like that in Ramadan. And then after Eid, do the kids' class special. So we'll see how it works out. That's what Allah made easy for me to mention. Allah knows best. Oh, we had questions. Sorry, sorry, okay. Yeah, well, definitely Allah knows best for sure, but you can ask questions. Why does Allah punish us? Say that one more time. Why does Allah punish us? If He doesn't need us. Exactly. Why do you think that? It's a very good question. Allah doesn't need us. So why does he punish us if we don't believe in him? First of all, this makes you change, right? Punishment actually makes you scared of doing the wrong thing. What about if I told you, yeah, you know what it is? You don't have to pray, there's no punishment. Would you ever pray? No. If I said to you, you know, you, you, know, you don't have to be good to your mom and dad, there's no punishment. You wouldn't care. So it's, it helps you to be good, that's one thing. The other thing is it's just, right? Allah doesn't need you, but it's fair. It's fair, right? Isn't it fair? You get told what's right, what's wrong. If you do the right thing, you get the best prize ever. If you do the wrong thing, then Allah might forgive you or Allah might punish you. And if He punishes you, His punishment is severe. Also, Allah's names have to be balanced. You sir. Allah's names have to be balanced, yeah? Because He's perfect. So if we said that Allah gives you good things but never ever punishes you, would that be perfect? 
No, because that would mean that like Allah can, you can do bad things, but Allah can't do anything about it, right? You could do a really bad thing, but Allah can't do anything to you. Allah can only do good things to you. So you do such a bad thing, but Allah can't do anything. That's not right. That's not perfect, right? So in that sense, we said there has to be a punishment as well as a reward. Does that make sense to you? Completely. 100%. Excellent. Okay. All right, no problem. Any other questions? Did you have a question? About anything? About anything? Islam, about anything you wanted to know? Is it allowed or not allowed? Or anything you like? You don't have to ask one if you don't want to. You have any? No? First man, and the Qur'an. Okay, then we'll stop there. That's what Allah made easy for us to mention. And Allah knows best. Please remember no class now until Ramadan, inshallah.